Thanks for tuning in to Mass Off Live. I'm Dr. Natasha. This podcast is a lightly edited version of our live Instagram show that Nicole and I recorded on March 23rd. This show is particularly special, and I'm glad that you're here because we welcomed a guest, Lena Costa Sandal from Parenting Expert and Stop Parenting Alone. She's going to help us with all sorts of tips and tricks on helping our anxiety and our kids' anxiety as we go into the next phase of the pandemic. And I know that you are going to learn just as much as we did. We were enamored by Lena and everything she taught us. Of course, we'll kick off some information about Moderna and some information that we've heard about childhood immunity from our pediatric experts. And we'll close the show with our famous Hell No, Let's Go. Lena, however, is the star of this show. We hope you really enjoy, and thanks for listening. Thank you for joining Mass Off Live! It's another episode. It is the 23rd of March, and I'm excited to see my friend, Dr. Nicole Baldwin, and I am happy that you are here with us today. We do not do this very often on Mass Off Live, and that is we have a special guest today, and we are talking about our anxiety and how we are dealing with it and how our kids are dealing with it, and we could have no one better to help us through this but parenting experts. So... Lena's going to be here, parenting expert at Parenting Expert. She's the owner of Stop Parenting Alone, and she is going to be here in about a half an hour. I met Lena probably a year ago, maybe. We, we met each other on a random webinar, and we were together. I think it was about food or something, and even through the Zoom, I knew she was cool. Like, straight shooter, makes things super simple, tremendous insight. She is going to be joining us from Miami and I can't wait for all of you to meet her. I have some questions for her. Before we get there and before she, before she shows up, we are going to talk about the Moderna news today. And there you are. I thought this was going to be the Natasha show for a minute. I'm like, you just keep talking. She keeps talking. Hey, <laughs> I, I, I didn't see your, I didn't see your little thing flash up. And as you know, Lena's joining us tonight, so I know. I'm I know, excited. and so I'm gonna I'm gonna pay close attention to when that flashes because I don't want to miss them because <laughs> I feel like I have a lot of control that I probably shouldn't have right now. How well, because clearly you missed me, and I'm here like at the same time every time. <laughs> it's alright. It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be great. How are you? I'm good. I'm here. Good. 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 Oh, a lot has happened since the last time we were here. I don't even know where to begin. I wonder, I, I need to tell the story of what happened immediately following last time's Mass Off Live, like literally immediately following. So at the end of the show, people may have noticed I was a little distracted at the very end of the show. I was talking about going to Baton Rouge with my daughter for a college visit the day, the next day. And Somebody commented on the live at the very end, one of my patients happened to be on and said, oh, well, I hope you're there in the morning because we have a checkup in the morning. And I was reading this thinking, I'm not working in the morning. What's happening here? What is going on? Long story short, I had to switch my Friday schedule because I was going to be out of town. I had volunteered to work on my day off, which is usually Thursdays. But then I was told by my scheduler that I didn't have any patients. 
So I never checked. And then at 10 p.m. on Wednesday, the night before, this patient, thank <laughs> God, they were on the live because otherwise I would have not shown up to work. And I had patients scheduled and I hadn't packed and I was flying out that afternoon. It was a little bit of panic. So that was what happened to me last time, but it all worked out. It worked out. It was fine. We made so what it. You're saying, what you're saying is mass off live saved your career. Saved my career, saved my patients, um, did not save my patience, like my, you know, yeah. ability to be calm, but definitely saved my patience. Thank you to my mass off livers, my faithful <laughs> who tell me what I need to be doing my job when I don't know that I'm supposed to do my job. So <laughs> it was, it was great. It was perfect. So how about you? How has your, I mean, I have other things to talk about too, but we can talk, we'll talk about you first and then we can come back to me. No, we're good. I, I honestly, I don't have many updates. We had spring break. We went to Minneapolis for a couple of days for my daughter's volleyball uh, tournament. We are still battling and fighting for that bid to nationals. We were two points away. So it was a tough loss, but we, they're so close. I really, I really have confidence that they're going to get it in the next couple tournaments. And the burger curling team is zero for four. But we're, we can talk about that in after hours. We've had tremendous. I, I, need to, I need to know what you've learned from the book. I need to know how far along you are in the book. Okay. And if you've like uh, applied any of your strategies, look, Jen even knows I, Jen's hey, like curling you know strategy question. I think this is, I think this is all meant, all meant for after hours. And yes, okay. I will tell you my curling strategy because I think the people before Lena gets here, I think the people really want to hear about Moderna. We got yes, they movie. absolutely do. So you take it away. Cause I want to hear what, you think we can talk about it uh, before we have our, our new friend pop on? First of all, I have this bubbly drink in my mask off, but I need to show you what it is. It is this lovely Welch's sparkling grape juice. <laughs> Non-alcoholic, because I'm like a 17-year-old at New Year's. And the reason I have this is for my daughter's 18th birthday, which was last week, which we can talk about it after hours, but I had an extra bottle and I was like, you know, instead of drinking San Pellegrino, I'm going to pop some Welch's rosé <laughs> grape juice cocktail. Oh, it's a rosé. It is a rosé. It is not just, it is well, not cheers. just your typical... Cheers. Cheers to Kendall's birthday. Cheers to the to the fake rosé. What are you drinking? I'm drinking an Italian red from somewhere in Italy I can't pronounce. It's a 2020 and <laughs> excellent. Uh, it was a gift. Another thoughtful gift from somebody's travels. That's awesome. Yes. And Scott just asked if I was pregnant. No, Scott, bite your tongue. I just like celebrated my baby's 18th birthday. I am not pregnant. I gave up wine and alcohol for Lent. End of story. Moving on. <laughs> there will be alcohol consumption in like two more masks off lives. Two but more masks. All right. So Moderna. Moderna, kick it off. Kick it off. Because I want to talk about that a little bit before 
Well, I mean, the, I guess the first thing that I, that we have to say is like, we don't know any more data than you guys do, right? Like I read the press release. I, there's no, there's no data out that I've seen other than what's in the press release, right? Have you seen anything else? I do not have a secret bat phone. You sure? You don't have a secret Fauci in the background? Not today. Not today. No secret phone today. Um, so I think, so yeah, so newsflash, if people didn't see, Moderna is submitting um, to the FDA for possible EUA for their six months to six years, which is not going to be confusing at all for anybody if it gets authorized. Heavens no. Because we couldn't coordinate ages when we did studies. No, no, we're not going to do it that way. So, so yeah, so basically what was, what came out is that this, the vaccine was safe and well tolerated and induced antibody responses as expected, you know, to similarly to the adults. And I think where everyone is getting caught up is the efficacy numbers, because we haven't seen that with a lot of the other vaccines. We've seen kind of the immunobridging, looking at the um, immune numbers, but they see these numbers of efficacy in the 40s, you know, the high 30s to 40% against Omicron. And, and parents are like, what? And I, I mean, did that number surprise you at all? The number did not surprise me. I was not happy about it. Well, no, but I mean, I think that look at the efficacy of Moderna and Pfizer and all of them against Omicron in adults. Like it, it doesn't surprise me. It's that we just haven't seen those numbers written for other vaccines when they've been introduced because we were introducing them at a very different time period. So I think that's what everybody needs to remember when they're looking at this is that this is against Omicron. Like this is against the the variant of the virus that like freaking got most of, like got so many of us. And so um, I think that's one perspective to keep in mind. I think another perspective to keep in mind is like, look at flu vaccine efficacy. I think in a year when we have flu vaccine efficacy, that's like hot, almost 50% to 60%. That's a damn good year. Like, <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. We have flu vaccine efficacy years that are really crappy, and yet we still vaccinate every single year because it prevents severe disease and hospitalization. And I think that we've got to get back to that thought and that, you know, like we're not preventing every, every um, infection with these vaccines, unfortunately, but we're just not. I don't love the numbers and I don't know what those numbers mean for authorization. I don't, I don't know if it will get, I, because the kiddos in general, for most kids in that age group, are, are fairly low risk for severe disease with the variants we've seen so far. And so I don't know what it means if it will actually get authorized or not. That's my, that is my question in, in all of this. And I don't know how you feel about that. I think it's a little unfair, right? Because when Moderna had, when Moderna started these trials, the goalposts have completely gotten moved and they've gotten yeah. moved in a couple of different ways. Like the study design was just for neutralizing antibodies in which they succeeded that according to their press release. 
But the bar has been moved. The goalpost has been moved now that Omicron has come through, which is months and months and months and months after they already started this trial. So I, I think the, first of all, I think we don't know everything, of course. This was a two-dose series separated by a month for at 25 mics. Not identical, but very similar modality than Pfizer. So maybe this helps us make sense a little bit of why Pfizer giving three micrograms didn't help these kids as much, right? So mm -hmm. maybe that's putting a puzzle piece together for us about Pfizer too. And we will be able to extrapolate a little bit when Pfizer comes to us, hopefully in the next couple of weeks and says, this, what's ha this is what happens after three doses, because I know Moderna is currently running trials for that third dose. So the story is not over with either of these vaccines. At this point, my concern is exactly what you shared. And that is, I know the goalposts have been moved, but to get emergency authorization, the mm -hmm. FDA already said it had to have 50% efficacy. And, that's, and it's well below that. Yeah. And I know that it's against Omicron. I know it's not against OG. I know it's not against Delta, but that's still emergency use. And so I think there is a possibility that if Pfizer has three doses out and they're able to cross that threshold, it still may be Pfizer that that wins out with potentially lower side effects because of the lower dose. I don't know what's going to happen. This is going to be really interesting because this is the first time in our pandemic history that we are potentially have two competing products too, because the EUAs were issued. It was clearly like this was the shot we had. Is it good enough? Mm -hmm. Is it safe enough? This is the first time that we will potentially have kind of some head-to-head -head comparisons about safety and efficacy. Well, I, I shouldn't even say safety, really, because we know that the we know it's safe. But right. I think we'll we'll really be comparing efficacy data and, and see who wins out. And I also wonder too about Moderna's ability to give us enough because they're so much smaller than Pfizer. And I also wonder that with the Apparently, the government's running out of money for all of these COVID things. And Biden's pandemic plan specifically said that they will, they will provide free vaccine for the primary series of our children. Well, what's the primary series going to be? Two shots or three? And is that right. going to matter with the funding that comes with providing this to our children more globally in America. So I think, I think that that's also might play into a little bit of this decision-making is the cash. Right. Well, but I guess in like, just thinking from a practical standpoint, that is unfortunate, but you know, the uptake in the vaccine for the kiddos has not been great. So from my standpoint, like, I kind of feel like when it comes to vaccine doses, I'm pretty sure that the people who want to vaccinate their littles are going to have vaccines available to vaccinate oh, little. because I think that the administration prepared for more uptake than what has happened that's my guess and so I don't want parents who want their to vaccinate their children to panic right now because I think that um I don't know what uptake is going to be like I mean that's from my point. biased sample I have lots of parents that really want it but you know, I, I don't think that's universal. So the question I got several times is, you have a little that's turning five in April. So what are you telling those parents 
do they go for Pfizer now? Because they can. Do they wait for Moderna to see what the data is for Moderna? What do you say? Uh, I say if you turn five, get what's available to you. I say get the Pfizer. Mm -hmm. I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting. But and the reason I'm not waiting is because this is a multi, this is going to be a multi-dose series. And I don't want these kids to wait and then have to have more months that they're not protected under multiple different doses. I mean, I think to me, it's timing more than the actual product. What are you telling me? No, I agree. I agree. I think you get, I think you, because we know that, you know, how many doses, so many doses have been given of the Pfizer product. I mean, I, at right now, today, the way the numbers look right now, I am having them delay the second dose for six to eight weeks, as long as they don't have a wedding or a trip or something like that. Um, because we have some knowledge that that can increase efficacy with, you know, in the long term, and we're not in the middle of a crisis at the moment. I think that I'm, I'm watching numbers closely. Um, I love the wastewater data. <laughs> I'm a little <laughs> bit like obsessed with it. I just think it's so cool. Like, I think it's super cool, cool that we can have this like signal ahead of time to see and it, and it, it helps inform me a little bit in my office, in my clinic, like, do I need to test this kid for COVID or not? You know, what, what am I, you know, I'm trying to have these educated guesses. I'm trying not to test every kid for COVID because we're just not seeing very much of it right now. You know, I've even seen a ton of croup and I've tested these kids recently and it's all negative, you know? So I'm just like gun shy with this BA2 coming down the pike. We've kind of in the last week gone back to like our original our original kind of testing criteria where it's like you have to have multiple symptoms of COVID. You have you have to have an a direct exposure, a known direct exposure, or you have to have recently traveled. And by that I mean in the last two weeks. Like mm -hmm. because otherwise they are negative and I we don't know what's gonna happen with BA2. We don't know what's gonna happen after spring break. And I don't wanna keep using all of my cartridges, right? Yeah. Like in this yeah. machine, if my, if my pre-test probability for COVID is very low. Now right. that being said, I'm still testing for flu with these kids for high fever, because it's more likely flu right now than COVID. And I'm just doing rapid flus for them. And I have not, I've not been seeing much flu lately though, are you? We are a little bit behind you, I think, because we saw a little bit of a pop Maybe this last week. Yeah, I don't, I'm just not. I'm having a ton of like, what I think is probably Coxsackie virus, um, like maybe some like adenovirus still around a little bit. Like we had adeno a while ago. I mean, so I'm kind of seeing that. And the GI bug is finally slowing down a little bit. Thank goodness. Yes. Slipping yes. hate. I hate vomiting. <laughs> I hate it. This is so funny though, because people are now coming in and, you know, mass have been dropped probably since last mass up five. Right. And mm -hmm. now they're like, my kid's getting sick every two weeks. They, what is wrong? What is happening? And I'm like, these parents have not experienced that. They have not experienced normal childhood illness. They're sick every two weeks for the last yeah. two years of their life. I'm like, yes, this is normal. They're like, like welcome they to 2019. Yeah, I know. I'm like, why, why do they keep getting sick? And the kid's like on my exam table, like, <laughs> like licking all the things and like putting their hands in their mouth. I'm like, that's why is yeah, like, you're taking germs. their places now and they're going places now and yeah, all that kind yeah. of stuff. So now we're back to like the regular 
crap that we usually see, which is kind yeah. of refreshing in a way. But yes, kids are getting sick every two weeks and that is normal. <laughs> yeah. Are you, I, I had another good question on my stories, which I didn't answer in my stories, but this, this kind of segues into that. Um, someone asked me, you know, kids are getting sick again since masks are dropped. Is there anything else they can do to protect their kids? Like what else can they do? So what kind of general advice do you give people in that regard? Well, I think we have to go back to the basics, right? We have to prioritize our sleep and nutrition because that's our, that's our building blocks. And that has all gone off the rails with COVID too. But we got to go back to what one of, one of our best defenses against disease that, that has gotten completely forgotten with all of these masking stuff is washing your damn hands. Like kids have got to be washing their hands and not with that alcohol stuff, like really soap and water. Your alcohol stuff does not kill your GI bugs. Your alcohol stuff is not gonna kill a lot of this stuff that these kids are getting and they have to actually use soap and water. We have to keep practicing, have to use the restroom and before you eat, man, you have got to wash your hands. We've got to go back to that. I did I guess right? Did I guess right? You did, did you did. Right? Okay. Um, I, I am not a supplement girl. Are you a supplement girl? Like I don't ever tell people to do any of that kind of stuff. I don't, I don't care if they do, but I'm not going to particularly yeah. recommend. I don't think the evidence is strong enough. Although I have some mm -hmm. people that really believe in supplements and probiotics and all that kind of stuff. And I'm totally cool with it. If that's, if that's not causing problems, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I'm, but I'm just not like here, take your, you know, whatever elderberry or, you know, no. vitamin no. C. I don't do it myself. Fine. If that tells y'all anything. No, it's fine. I drink, I drink I my rosé sparkling grape juice to kill off. <laughs> all of my I just, I just think your elderberry and vitamin c is just making really expensive pee but yeah and potentially some cavities because they're usually gummies the dentists are supporting the elderberry it's big dental it's big dental it is big dental it is mm -hmm. totally what other things did you want to talk about before we talk about yeah, anxiety I'm, I don't mean to be distracted. I'm just like watching for her little thing. To I will up. tell I you. I will. I watch. I will tell you. You I'll can see to too. Okay. I would think right. so. There was a study in pediatrics that was not a preprint, but it was an e-print. Like it comes out before, but it's still a peer-reviewed paper. It came out in pediatrics that talked about infection-induced immunity. Did you see that? I did. I actually pulled it up on my computer in case we talked about it tonight. Yeah, I thought I thought that was an interesting study. It was a study yeah. in Texas. It was a couple hundred kids, and basically they had a group of children that they knew were infected with COVID, and then they they watched their antibody titers over time. Now, the caveat being, we still have no idea what an actual number of COVID antibodies are to be effective and protective. So it's just kind of a, it's not telling us that. What it's telling us is just how long they're detectable. It's not telling us how high they are or if right. they're effective. But what they found was that there is an infection induced antibodies present for about six-ish months for kids that have had infection but the little caveat was that by the third time they tested, which was right at that six-month uh, mark, 57% of them were negative. So we still, so the point of the study, I think, was still to, to demonstrate and to remind us that, Hold yes. I don't, I don't think that's what it said, because that's how I read it, too. But what it was was that, 
of the of the ones they tested, 57% never became positive. Of the ones that became positive, 96% of those still had, hold on, let me, let me pull it up. Cause I had to read it yeah. twice, Natasha. And I think okay. like it was super confusing. So it says from our sample, 96%. Are you in discussion? Where are you at the paper? Results. I'm in results. Okay. From, from their sample, which was 200 people, 96% of those with evidence of nucleocapsid antibodies at baseline. So they, they measured everybody, and of the ones that were positive at baseline, 96% continued to have antibodies greater than six months later. So 96% of the kids that tested positive at baseline continued to have antibodies. Two children zero converted from positive to negative between the first two tests. And then it's weird. It says no children zero converted from positive to negative between their second and third. And then keep going down in the discussion though. Keep going down in discussion. No, I know. But I think what the discussion is saying is that well over half of the samples were negative for infection induced antibodies at their third measurement. What I read from that is that of that 200, 57 of them were negative the whole time. 57% were never positive. They never got antibodies. So they never had COVID. So what they're saying is that there's still a lot of kids out there that don't have antibodies and they still need to get vaccines. But of the ones that had positive antibodies when they tested them, because this was not just like, we're just getting all the kids that are positive. They just took 200 kids and offered them testing. And so... Of the ones that were positive, 96% of them still had antibodies at six months. So what they were saying was that that antibody seemed to persist for at least that long, but there were still a bunch of kids that never were positive. Does that, does that make sense? Okay. It's very, it's like, it's like clear as mud when you're reading it, but I'm pretty sure that that's the way it's okay. read. That makes sense to me because I was confused in the discussion when they were talking about the lack of conversion after the third round yeah. is still so okay great that's why we got to talk this stuff out that's perfect yeah Thank so you. it's so yeah. it's basically saying that 40 percent of those 200 kids or whatever 40 ish percent who were positive from the beginning stayed positive the whole time and the other thing that i thought was interesting was that it didn't seem to matter how bad their infection was like if they were asymptomatic or symptomatic or how symptomatic they were they, they all had antibodies. So that's kind of a, a cool thing that we haven't known and we've always kind of questioned all along, like, do you have to have a more severe infection to have higher antibody levels and stuff like that? And so in this study, it doesn't appear that way, but it's not yeah, a big study. You know, I think it, like we have to take it with a grain of salt, but. Right, but even the asymptomatic kids were developing protection, which really helps us as we transition into talking about masking and anxiety and all this kind of stuff and like BA2 on the horizon we likely have some immunity walls within our community from disease from BA1 that's right. going to to help block and hopefully block so we don't get another big surge I'm not anticipating a huge surge from BA2 I don't know if you are but we'll see a pop like we'll see we'll, right. we'll see we'll see an increase but I don't think that we're going to see like a ton of of stuff happening think that we're going to get a bump but i don't think it's going to be crazy high bump <gasps> hello
Thank you for having me. I, you know, you, you, you're like one of my favorite shows. It's like, it's like, <laughs> I look forward to it. <laughs> if you were on Netflix, I'd be binging it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe that's an idea. We need to work on our Netflix, uh, try to get on Netflix. That'll be fun. Yes, so it's I, I I'm I'm happy to be here tonight. So and happy to join. Thank you, thank you. I would love for you to introduce yourself. This is my friend Nicole. I know that you know her, but I know that you two have not met. So, uh, but please introduce yourself to our Mass Up Live audience because uh, I want I want them to know who you are and to follow you for all of your great stuff. So please introduce yourself to everyone. Okay, so the, 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 the nine-second pitch, right? <laughs> so I am Lina Costa-Sandal. I am the owner and founder of Stop Parenting Alone. Stop Parenting Alone is a parenting consultation as well as a social-emotional learning consultation program that I run here in Miami, but I also have a lot of, like, kind of online things. Um, my background, I always tell people that I'm crazier than most parents. So when I had my daughter years ago I got a master's in clinical psychology and I got, <laughs> I specialized in mental health and and child development and like you know follow Dan Siegel like a crazy lady um, <laughs> you know and because of that I got really mad because I'm Colombian and I got angry and you don't want a Colombian being angry I was like I'm learning all this stuff that we could do to prevent half of the things that we worry about but nobody's telling parents, you know, here I was in this class, you know, about child development and, you know, childhood diagnoses. And a lot of it is, can be prevented. So with the social emotional learning, I do a lot of work here in Miami in preschools. And uh, I do social emotional learning like curriculum and help with teachers and parents and then the littles um, so that I can kind of be part of the solution. So that's me in a nutshell. And every once in a while, I'm on Telemundo, and I'm on, like, I'm their Good Morning America show, like, the Spanish version. It's called Hoy Dia, and they ask me questions, and, you know, and it's really fun. Yes, awesome. don't, don't, don't minimize that. She's, I was so nervous to ask you, because I didn't think that you would come on to our show, because <laughs> you were too big and too famous. And so I am so excited that you're here, because... When we met the last time, it was on Zoom. Like, we've only met on Zoom or on digital. Yeah. And immediately when I met you, I knew that you were a cool cat. You've always been a straight shooter. You've always just made things so simple. And when we were talking about our own adult anxieties and our kids' anxieties as we're moving into the next phase of this pandemic, there was no one that I wanted to speak to this except you. So I know we have... I have a couple of questions for you, but this is an unscripted show. We have not talked to you before. So I would love to hear just how the last bit of time has been in Miami, what you've seen in your patients, how you're helping parents and kids kind of cope with some of these anxieties and thoughts moving forward. I'll give you, I'll have you start, start to help our community here and, and we'll just chime in when we need to. Well, you know, it's, I love that we're bookending because we met in the beginning and we were talking about anxiety and, you know, going into quarantine and now we're at this. So, uh, you know, Florida has been very interesting the entire pandemic, you know, following the rules <laughs> and other rules uh, that have been followed. So the, the, because of that, there's been a lot of, of more, more fear and more uncertainty 
you know, all around. So people kind of are like making up their own rules. <laughs> However, in the, in the school system, it's kind of, as best they can, they followed uh, a, a protocol up until very recently. I mean, our numbers have been nuts forever. Like recently when, you know, I, I get that COVID alert thing and, you know, it tells you where you are. And the other day it was like on medium and I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? <laughs> Here? No, that's not possible. <laughs> so, so that, that experience has been really interesting of, guiding families in you know thinking about their values their their risk management for themselves um because it really felt like everybody was kind of like on their own um so and you know i i i'm a firm believer in in just kind of guiding families and thinking about you know how can you do this and how can you make decisions that are sustainable? Because sometimes as professionals, we give a, a parent or a family an intervention. But if we look at them honestly and we tell them, hey, can you honestly sustain this for more than 24 hours or like three days because you're on the high that you and I spoke, then if you're going to tell me you're only going to do it for three days, we're not going to do this. We're going to do it like a little bit at a time. Let's build on for you. So that has been a lot of my work. I can't help but see this whole thing from the psychological point of view. And I am like a little bit of a nerdy person and I love polyvagal theory. And for those of you at home, it's just what it was, what, what poly who? So it's this whole concept of thinking about our nervous system. And what has happened is that, you know, we know, and I think you know, I'm talking to the doctors or, you know, <laughs> that we, we have to take care of each other's, we, we are constantly attaching each ourselves to each other's nervous system. We, we, we attach ourselves to each other's energy. And my message continually has been, what are, what are your children anchoring themselves to? And, and how's your nervous system? And the thing is that prior to the, to the pandemic, a child always had some adult to co-regulate with. Right, maybe at school, maybe one of the parents, you know, maybe grandma. But what happened was that all of us got punched in the face. You know, this is the first time in my professional life that I'm having the same hardship as, as my clients. So what, what is happening is that we have to get back to co-regulating. And, and, and to do that, we have to be kind and loving to one another of like respecting where everybody is at with their energy and their nervous system. And like, am I putting you into like fight, flight, freeze? Am I putting a little person into fight, flight, freeze? Like, where am I, you know? And so I think that that's why it's been so hard because a little person could be in chaos at home, but they may go to school and co-regulate with that teacher for those six hours that they're at school. And that disappeared. And that, and that I did watch happen. And since I'm always in preschools, I have these little tiny babies that were home for like, you know, we have these, like the, the, the preschools are starting to call them pandemic babies because yeah, there's some babies that were born in the pandemic. So they're very different in school. They're, they're so used to having one adult always with them. It's that, that's also interesting me to watch you know these little tiny people that are going to preschool for the first time 
but they have always had like a caregiver, which actually is ideal, but that's not real life. One more time, we can't sustain it. The other thing that I always tell your children are the fish, you are the water. How's the water? Oh my God, I love that. Oh, I'm that so going to use that. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? <laughs> like snaps. How do yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I I'm writing that down right now. Yes. yes How's the water? Yeah. That's more merch, Natasha. That's our merch. How's the water? <laughs> we'll do it in English and Spanish, ladies. There uh, you go. <laughs> I, that's such a good visual, right? And and that's why it's reason 382 why it's so difficult to be a parent, right? Because we know this. We know that we know somewhere in ourselves that we are holding these little people in our water. And, and you know, sometimes the water is really bad, right? Yeah. So that that's yeah. why I'm like, okay, where's your, where's your oxygen tank? You know, where are you going? Where, where are you calming down, you know? Lena, help us understand we have this pandemic baby and we're going to put them into preschool. I'm, I have a lot of families that are just putting their kids into preschool and daycare this summer. And the water has been really crappy. What is there anything that these parents can do or what could parents do to help with that transition? Number one, and maybe the answer is nothing. Or maybe a better question might be, how do we respond to the changes that we may see when they start to go to preschool and have that separation? Right. So this is a thing with or without spending a year and a half with our babies at home and being heartbroken that we have to hand them over, right? So one thing for parents to always remember about dropping off your baby when you hold your baby and grip them and have a really hard time turning them over to the other caregiver, your baby is getting the message that I'm the only one that can soothe you. Mm -hmm. She can't. We have to wait. So the little person is saying, I, the only person that can soothe me is this person, right? This, this caregiver that I love and I'm passionate about. And I, you know, for some of them, they heard the heartbeat since they were, knew who they were, right? <laughs> The one thing that I want every parent to hear me say is when you hand your baby over to this other caregiver while they're screaming and crying, you're letting the baby know they're safe. I trust them. I know that your love is going to hold you and love on you. But when we hold them, we tell them she's dangerous. I can protect you. Uh, and again, it's the hardest thing because it's like, you know, we're, I mean, I remember like handing my daughter over. I was like, oh my God, you know, it was horrible. But I think that especially these little babies that really have spent a lot of time with their parents, more so than, than any other generation of babies, right? Like, if you were working from home, there they were, there you were always. So that is something to hold in mind. And so that means that make sure that place, the setting that you have chosen is a place where you can say, I know that she's going to take care of you. I know that I could hand you screaming bloody murder and she's gonna hold you tight and tell you it's okay, you know? The other thing is uh, don't think like there's anything wrong for at least 45 I find that parents try something and they say, I've tried everything. And then I'm like, okay, so what did you try? And then they start telling me and it's like, Every single day they did something different, right? So now, well, that doesn't help a baby because babies love drama. 
down menus and they're going to choose from drop down menu what they like. <laughs> if you give them a drop down menu, they're smart. They're like, I like it when I snuggle inside of you really close and you, you know, you just hold me, you know, <laughs> which is beautiful. Right. But so to me, the other thing is that wait, wait it out, but be certain that the setting that you've chosen, you feel comfortable with. If your gut and heart is, oh my God, I, I'm not a hundred percent actually, well then listen. Cause sometimes we, sometimes parents will make a choice about a setting, but they're not a hundred percent on it. They will transition into the preschool setting based on one more time. What is your nervous system telling their nervous system? Are you calm and collected and telling them, I know I'm going to miss you too. And I love you, baby. And you kiss them and you hand them over. Or are you also like, Oh, I'm sorry. Oh my God. I'm sorry that I'm doing this to you. Um, because then baby is going to take twice as long to, to settle in. And the other thing is, I know a lot of parents, those of you that can travel before school starts, you come back like Sunday and then you take the baby to school on Monday. I don't recommend that. <laughs> we do that a lot here in Miami. You know, everybody goes back to the, you know, Miami is, I always say Miami is the capital of Latin America. So, so everybody <laughs> back from like, everybody from Latin America. And then the next day, all the kids are like back at school and everybody hasn't slept. I'm like, don't do that to your baby. Please go. <laughs> we'll add that to the hell no let's go list i'm hearing two questions in the office sorry i'm gonna dominate all of her time nicole if you don't have i can tell i'm like okay. i'm just sitting here like i'm letting you do it girl you do it i have two kind of reciprocal questions that i constantly am getting asked in the office one is all of the masks are dropping around me i as a parent am very nervous about that and my child doesn't want to wear a mask and I really want them to wear a mask at school. Uh, it's optional school and they don't want to and that's making me as a parent nervous. And then the opposite that I'm hearing is it's up to you if you want to wear a mask and the kids are very nervous about taking it off. So can you help us with those two situations? I'm hearing that I would be sharing my nervous system anxiety to my child when I am hoping that they wear a mask, but they don't, and kind of right. vice versa, if they want to wear a mask, and I'm like, whatever, help us navigate those two scenarios. So I'll, I'll handle the easier one, because of these two questions, there's an easy one, and there's a hard one. So the easy one is the, is the child that wants to leave the mask on. Now, let me say a little something about the masks and the and the temperament style, these kids, this, this particular temperament that really benefited from it. So kids that are more observant and kind of sort of warm and kind of quiet, the mask changed their lives. And I want all adults to know this. It would, you know, the, these things that we do, like a smiling and, you know, doing these things and like a lot of like the facial things that we do, a lot of sort of warm kind of just you know gentle observant human beings or introverted people that's a lot of work it's so much freaking work you know like i'm extroverted so i'm like why it's just smile right but, but you don't feel that way it's horrible right so i think that the first thing i want if you are a parent where your child is saying no i am not taking off my mask 
I want you to wonder, is this your little person that has always been observant that when they were young, they would come into a party, wait 10 minutes, look, 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 then join in. Well, that type of personality, we always have to give them the space. And, and I want, I want everybody to see the strength in that choice. Because you know how hard it is to walk into a school and still wear your mask while all your friends are like going, why are you wearing a mask? We don't have to wear it anymore. Yet. You know, like, and you're, and this child is going, I want to. So parents are constantly asking me about, well, how do we help our children's esteem? How do we help them be themselves? Well, if your child has always been this quiet, observant little person, and you've noticed that the mask actually has freed them, for them to say that they're going to show up to school without the mask and, and deal with, I mean, in Florida, that would be a lot of pressure, right? Because we've been like getting rid of masks faster than in other states. I think that I want you to see that as a bonus, right? And then I have always told parents, you know, depending in an age-appropriate way, giving your children information in case this little person is not observant, but then kind of leans on anxious, you know, anxiety needs facts, right? So we can talk to them about, hey, I 100% I'm giving you your choice to wear this mask or not. But let me give you some facts about what's happening in the city. And so that so so that you know, especially kind of like an eight, a 10, a 14 year old, it's really important to give like, why do I watch you guys? Like, love the information you're giving me right i if it helped like your facts about what's really happening to our health facts take care of fear always so instead of telling them but you're wrong and you're safe and don't worry about it it's more like okay let me show you and this is why i think that you you're going to be okay but i love and trust you so i don't see it as a negative but i but i also want a lot of parents to know that you have that observant quiet losing that mask is like it's like the safety thing that they've had for two years and it really has worked for a lot of them and maybe we're with them about that now you want them to wear the mask and nobody in school is doing it welcome to miami-dade county <laughs> for the entire two years of the pandemic the whole time. not just now the whole time all the time and it was a really, it was kind of like a, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if you've picked up on it. I'm always trying to look for like, where's the strength? What are we learning? How can we communicate, right? That's always what, I, what I'm looking for. I want all families to be able to tell their children, hey, listen, you know, everybody has different ways, different values, different rules. So first it's a conversation about your values and your rules. And again, facts, your reasons why. And I, I think a lot of parents think that they can't tell a six-year-old or they can't tell an eight-year-old or they can't tell a 10-year-old, but you really can. You could say, you know what, look, look at this and look at the, look at the colors and, and we're, you know, we're, we're, I want us to get here and I've been waiting for this number to change to a 10 or, and then the little person will then start asking you, okay, it, where's the number, right? And if we include them, it, it makes it easier, you know, uh, if, if we give them a why, most school-aged children and adolescents will play along. And also, again, welcome to Miami-Dade County, you have to role play with them because why are they taking it off? Because it's so much easier to, like, I mean, it's happened to me, like, when I go to so many preschools, I'm still wearing my mask. 
I'm not going to go from preschool A to preschool B to preschool C, which I am doing, and take off my mask. Blah, there's a bunch of places where I've been to it. Like, it's just like, yay, COVID doesn't exist anymore. Hurrah. And I'm like, that's enough. What are you guys doing? Right? <laughs> <laughs> just the other day, the medium came to my email, and I am expecting that to go right back up. But even like me as an adult and a grown woman, it's been hard for me to be in these meetings when, when the majority of the space is maskless now, right? And in my mind, I'm like, so I have to know clearly why I'm doing it. And clearly why I'm doing it is because I visit more than one preschool and I'm being as cautious as possible because I don't want to hurt this little person who, yeah, but now they can't, who up to this point wasn't even vaccinated. So tell your child why you want them to wear the mask and then walk them through and then say, what do you imagine your friends will say to you? What do you imagine will be hard? And maybe they don't know. Because a lot of little people are like, you know, mm, mm. you know, they do one of those and be like, okay, I'm going to be a really, really mean friend. And then the, the kids are going to look at you and then just be mean, like <laughs> make up something. Oh, you should take that mask off. That makes you weak. And what would you say to your friend? You know what? And then role play with the younger ones. I think it's important. Now with an adolescent, we have to have the back and forth. This is what I think. How are you thinking about it? These are my reasons. How are you thinking about it? Well, how are you gonna keep yourself safe? And, and that one's harder. That one's a lot harder. But sometimes they give you good, good ideas, you know, and they give you good reasons. Everybody's gonna hate me, but I said so is never a good reason. It just, it's not, it's, it's just disrespect. Yeah. We have to respect us, but then we disrespect them. I think that's another, that's another merch item. That's another right there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm full of single lines. No, you got you got them all. You got them all. We oh, love it. We love it. Okay. No, I, I think that I think that you're right. And you know, I have, as you remember, I have a high schooler now, which I didn't the last time that we spoke. But I have a high schooler now, and I have someone in middle school, and their perspective has been a lot different to try to talk to them about what what they want to do. My oldest is a volleyball player. So she's still wearing her mask because she's like, I am not getting sick. I am not missing a volleyball tournament. Volleyball is life. And so I'm wearing a mask because volleyball is life. Like, right. That's why I wear my mask. And my little person is everyone's been around, you know, we just finished up spring break here. And so he's like, I know all of my friends have traveled for spring break. And so I'm going to wear my mask for a couple of weeks because I don't know where everyone's been. Apple doesn't fall far, you know, like, I mean, they've heard these conversations a lot, you know, but having the dialogue with them and asking why and asking when and asking what you feel comfortable with has been very insightful for me as a parent right. to be able to discuss various aspects of the pandemic with them, especially when my older daughter is on social media and that particular influence in there, in, in there too. So yeah. yeah. That's and always, I want all parents to always hold in mind, you know, we talk about peer pressure, but we don't address it well. I, we address it as like, don't let somebody make you do what you shouldn't do. You are your own person. And it's like, really? You don't even do that. Like, <laughs> did you buy a Spanx at some point in your life? <laughs> That's social pressure. Right? <laughs> Think about the blood type diet. I heard about this. There's like a blood type diet app or something is that even real i have the tools <laughs> <laughs> no right <laughs> no I, I think that i i, I want to kind of reality check a little bit because we expect our, our sometimes we expect our children to do more than we even do 
right? And and we do have that to have that conversation. Like, well, what would it be like if your best friend told you this? And what would it be like if you know this other? And how how do you think you would manage it? And it's okay if it makes you feel sad and scared. It's perfectly normal. We you know we 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 were made to connect and and live in groups and tribes. Mm-hmm. And when we when we as parents say it shouldn't matter what they think of you, you're a big fat liar because it matters to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have that really nice outside of your house good matter all right natasha but, i'm gonna interrupt i am gonna ask a question so zip it okay, girl I, okay okay i'm jumping in because what i want to know is i want to know your advice for the parents whose water is like a tsunami so many parents are struggling and so what advice do you have to offer you know, what's your top tips or whatever for those parents to help calm their own waters so that they're helping their kids? Okay. So number one, it's never quantity of time with your children, but quality of time with your children. So if someone's helping you and they're taking care of your babies and you had a really hard day, I'd much rather you go drive to a park, put your windows down, drink yourself some water, walk around the park, ask this person that's taking care of your child, can you keep on them an extra 30 minutes, right? A lot of parents rush home. They, uh, couples do that. Well, that parent together, right? One of them like just leaves work and parks the car and gets in the house, you know, and always five minutes in your car before you step in the reason through 1,332 why parenting is so difficult. We have to be on. It's so hard because they need us. Like they, you know, like one one parent this week was like, but Lena, I feel like I'm micromanaging my seven-year-old. And I was like, yeah, but, but that's like my definition. That's what we do. We guide them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, parenting is, is equal to micromanaging. So I would say... <laughs> Maybe you don't have the privilege of like having somebody take care of your child longer, but you give yourself those little tiny moments. Think quality versus quantity. If you spend 10 hours with your child, but you're constantly kind of out of whack and screaming or losing it, um, I'd rather you spend one hour with them when you're calm. Um, So that's one. So think about quality over quantity of time. Two, our goal as parents needs to be that they don't take our mood personal. Like if, oh my God, if every human on earth could learn not to take other people's energy and mood personal, and it's very, very difficult because again, our nervous system picks up on somebody else's nervous system and it, it, like it, it, shifts, it shifts our energy naturally. But being able to discern that's them and this is me is what keeps us health in relationship. So let's say that you're out of your mind, right? This was this was a tactic for me, right? With my children when they were young. And to this day, they're 13 and six. I would say, listen, I'm cuckoo bananas. Do not say, do not say, I'm cuckoo bananas and I need you to be the best children that you could possibly be today. No, no. Guys, I'm cuckoo bananas. I know that you see it in my body and in my face. So I'm gonna go drink some water and, and, then, and then just tell on yourself. Right, so then now this, because especially young children, children eight and younger, you know, you'll have the one that acts up 
you know, it's like, fine, you know, they'll respond to you like that. But the little tiny ones are like, are you okay? Are you happy? Why, mama, mama, mama. And then they're, yeah, it's like having a leash attached to my body, you know? So tell on yourself, you know, if your baby tells, if your baby comes to my office and says, my mommy gets cuckoo bananas sometimes, but she drinks water. I'm going to be calm, right? That's, I want your child never to take your mood personal. And when we tell one another, you know, I'm a little bit off, but this is what I'm going to do. Not this is what you're going to do. Because the minute you say I'm off and you, and this is not about you, then now the, ch the child can let go of your mood and, you know, disengage. So that's another one. That's another trick. And lastly, you know, routines are your friend. I think a lot of us as parents, we get out of routine, especially especially when we're stressed and tired and we have spent two years of being stressed and tired. And that's the other thing that a lot of people let go of. They let go of the routine. Mm -hmm. And I always tell parents, routine is not about the time on the clock. It's about pattern. I wake up, I get dressed, I have breakfast, I get in the car, you know, I go to school, I come home. I take a shower to wash off the COVID. That, that's a new thing. <laughs> Did you hear that? I heard that a lot. Like parents were like, I just wash them the minute they get into my house and wash off the COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. And so that pattern, inside of that pattern, when are you with them? Because a lot of the time, children will have challenging behavior because they're stealing connection with you. Or they're stealing time. They're stealing that moment with you. Right. Mm -hmm. And the, or they're stealing playtime because a lot of kids are overscheduled. So that's why they're playing instead of getting dressed because they're trying to find that free play. So they steal it. So if you mm -hmm. find that your child is playing rather than getting dressed, you have to wonder, OK, no, in the morning we get dressed. But this time I guarantee you that you can play mm -hmm. because children will steal it as they should, because they mm -hmm. need to connect with you and they need to have some free play. But Lena, they were, they went to school and they went to ballet and then they went to their art class. And why? I was like, that's adult led. That's not free play. That's not mm -hmm. like Rogers used to talk about. So they will steal it. Quality over quantity. Tell on yourself. Have your secret. You know, mine was, are you like, literally my son used to walk into my room and be like, oh, you're cuckoo bananas. And I'd be like, mm. Yes, child, step out of the room. Do not talk to the dragon. And you'd be like, future partner, I just fixed your problems. <laughs> so yeah, I would, and, and again, if after trying all of this, you're still feeling messy and out of control, then it's, then support may be warranted, right? And, and, and not shopping support and not, you know, alcohol support and not eating support, because a lot of people are doing that too. And that doesn't make you a bad person. It's just, you know, an intimate cake at 10 p.m. sometimes really helps you get through the day. But mm -hmm. I like that. And I think thank the, you. I love that. Yeah, I love that too. And I think the cuckoo bananas, I think, is is also so important with our with our partner relationships as well. Cause so like if you're not partnering well with with who you are with in order to take care of our littles, like it's not just with the littles, it's with our partners. And it's I've definitely been more cuckoo bananas where I'm like, Kevin, I'm cuckoo bananas. You got to kind of take over, you know, because I can't 
do this right now. Yeah, uh, you gotta tap out like in the worldwide mm -hmm. federation right. wrestling. Yeah, Nina, we've t we've taken more time than I than I promised. Can I ask you just one more question? Yes, oh. you have. Look, I'm a little bit of a fan for the two of you, so. <laughs> <laughs> It's like when I met Noodle when I was a little girl. Like, it's the same thing. <laughs> you don't even know okay. well, you know, we, have to, we have to leave our, our, our tribe just wanting more of you. But I, but I do think that this is part of why the water is so disrupted. Part of the disruption of the water is the relationships that have had damage during these two years specifically between parents and grandparents or or siblings close family members i've been vaccinated you have not i'm taking this seriously you are not i have ivermectin you do not you know those type <laughs> of situations okay yes. yes and so my question is as part of as part of settling our waters do you have any initial advice that you might give parents where, as we're heading into this next phase, hopefully our littles will now be vaccinated and, and we're getting into a, a greater state of calm. How can we reconcile or repair some of this interfamily dynamic that has really had stress over the last couple of years? It, it is in my wheelhouse because it's, it's, you're talking about, you know, family dynamics and you know, we, we, we raise, we raise children within, within this village that is our family and our, so uh, I'll pull something off of the Brene Brown shelves, you know, Brene Brown, right? Um, and it's like, um, I think I want to give people the opportunity and that I want people to take the, the opportunity and the time to think about the bomb dropped. Is that a good or a bad thing? Right, so the first thing is I want people to take inventory of did some people leave your life and maybe that was something that was was bound to happen anyway, right? After you do that, if you to slow down, process, take inventory and look, then those that you did get hurt and you know you did rupture because you had different points of view because you handled it differently. I think I want to give everybody an opportunity to speak to one another about the vulnerable emotions, right? Back to Brene Brown, right? And it's like, a lot of us made the decisions that we made because we were managing our sense, how, how we were managing fear in uncertainty. So I think that if we can go to a loved one and say, you know what, I love you. And I know, I know that for me, the decisions that I made was because of how, how fearful I was feeling. And, and, and I made these choices. And sometimes I judged yours and I recognized that a, a big part of that was based on fear because I loved you and, and I thought that you were making the decision for you, right? And then that opens up the space for the other person to say, yeah, and I didn't like the way you did it, but yeah, I guess so. Because we were all sharing that feeling of fear. We were all feeling the, the emotional comfort that we couldn't even name. I mean, we got a master's in managing uncertainty. Everybody, you guys in the medical community, holy but Jesus, I want to have like, I want to have a tour and just go to hospitals and like hug you guys. <laughs> Let's do a 20 second hug, oxytocin, here we go. 
Do you want it? The oxytocin? The oxytocin tour? Let's do that. That's another merch. <laughs> Hashtag oxytocin tour. We'll get the Here really we guys to give hugs too. Like, I don't know. Let's get Hollywood. But, but I think that we have to, I, I want everybody to be willing to have the vulnerable conversation. I love you. I miss you. And the decisions that I made was because I was dealing with my fear and my uncertainty. Can, how can we move forward? And then leave it and then leave it open. And you know, when we show up in love and in vulnerability like this, and why we don't show up in love and vulnerability like this, because we open the door for somebody to go, well, now, well, you're in blah, 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 right? Okay, well, that's really good information. It's gonna hurt, but that's really good information. Back to let's discern. Who am I keeping in my life moving forward? We shouldn't throw people away when we were all acting on fear. All of us. I mean, including me. I guess that would be my advice. Slow down, take inventory, and then have, have a nice conversation over your favorite dessert and saying, I was afraid. I was managing uncertainty. I know you did the, you know, you did what was best for you and I did what was best for me, but I miss you and I love you. There's very few people that are gonna look at you and tell you that you're a, you know, and if they do, well, there you go. Yeah. Such sound advice. And I just love hearing that from you. You have dropped a lot of merch bombs. <laughs> you have dropped a lot of realness as I knew that you would. And Lena, I really hope that you might consider coming back on this show because I just really feel you speak to our audience and I just appreciate you so much. But before I let you go, you have to tell us what you are reading, what you are watching, what you are listening to and what you are cooking. Oh, okay. <laughs> what I'm watching, I'm, what I'm re-watching is Blacklist. I didn't know that Blacklist went all the way to like eight seasons. I used to watch it back in the day <laughs> when it first came out. And then now I can't stop watching it. The I read a lot. I have so many books on the side of my bed. But something that the pandemic has taken away, probably perimenopause as well, um, is <laughs> my focus. Can, we can I come back and you guys talk to me about this perimenopause? Yes. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Jeez. Um, what I am reading is, it's Airy Fairy. It's called Secret Success. It's a financial book based on the course of miracles. Haven't been able to put it down. It's interesting. It's for those entrepreneurial ladies. So I'm reading that, but I'm listening to a lot of books. I'm listening to uh, one of Brene Brown's books, uh, a new one, um, and I'm listening to the The Body Keeps the Score. Kind of tend to read it or listen to it uh, once a year. Um, uh, Vander Kolk, The Body Keeps the Score. Um, it's a beautiful book. So, and then I'm going to start reading a book called Anchored. And I forget the author's name, uh, but it's all about the polyvagal theory. So I'm listening to that as well. So that's what I'm listening to. So, and then music wise, ladies, I am all over the place with music. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I listen to Miami bass, highly inappropriate, very <laughs> patriarchal and misogynistic, but I can't help myself. I listen to it and I'm like, 
I listen. Um, I listen a lot to, I, I, like I said, I'm Colombian, so I listen to a lot of Carlos Vives and a lot of Latino music. And then recent, um, like, new folk. I like this guy called Trevor Hall. I'm also a little bit of a groupie with him. And he, he's from Colorado. And it's really, it's really, I love his music. It's like, it's very, like, spiritual and like, hey, you know, the world is not coming to an end and everything's good. Don't worry. You know, I'm like, yeah, it is. Yeah. So that. <laughs> and then a Britney Spears song that is, high, again, highly inappropriate. I listen to highly inappropriate music. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, it's it, the chorus is, you got to work. And when I can't get to work, I listen to that. It's like, you want a Maserati? You, want a you have to listen to it. <laughs> Like you gotta work, you know. You gotta work. <laughs> like, I do. I gotta work. That's right. So yes, there you go. That that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> oh, and what am I cooking? I am a very lucky lady. I sort of won the man lotto. Oh. I'll deny that I said this to him, but he cooks everything. I rarely cook. So what he's been cooking is a lot of Asian food. Like in the pandemic, he like got better at Asian at Asian food. And so, uh, because we used to live in Los Angeles and we really miss it. So like when we lived in Los Angeles, we missed Cuban food from Miami. And now in Miami, I miss the Asian food from Los Angeles, each city. And then what about your, your Colombian roots? Like where, where does that fit in with your cuisine? Well, in my cuisine, when I want to feel very, very Colombian, um, there's, there's, we make uh, uh, arroz con pollo. So it's kind of like, Right, uh, rice and chicken, but it's kind of like a jambalaya. It's a little bit, it's like that's the closest to like a jambalaya type because it's very, very moist and like you shred. So I will make that for my kids or um, a red bean stew, <laughs> but it's not happy at all because you put big fat pieces of pork fat in it and it's fabulous. I, I do that in the Instapot because I, I that's the other thing I purchased. <laughs> There's this Venezuelan guy on YouTube and he's like, Elistapot, and he's so good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I've been making fresh beans, all every type of bean in the Instapot. So that I've been cooking. Thank you, ladies. I do love what you the service. Thank you, you so much. Thank the you. This was amazing. Service you've been giving the community. And I please invite me whenever you want me on again i'll be happy to come on thank Hi. you thank you so thank much you so much it's so good to see your face and i love your shorter hair you cut your hair since last time i saw I, you i did i, I turned yeah. 50 and i chopped it off i was like you are like sassy and we love you and it's great you are one of our friends so thank you so much lena thank and you so much she's, she's at at parenting expert and stop parenting alone. So we will make sure to promote all of your good work when this uh, comes out and through the pod. Thank you so much, Lena. All right. Thank you. Good night. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Good night. Good night. Good night. Oh my God, that was amazing. Do you love her? Do you love her? She's amazing. I knew you would love her. Yes. She's so awesome. I love her energy. Um, and I was laughing my ass off when she was talking about the introverted or introvert slow to warm up kids with the mask because you know exactly what i was thinking 
I was really like, that's why Natasha doesn't want to take her damn mask off because she is that slow to warm introvert as an adult. Like that is it's true. true. It's true. It's true. And I like someone said I was absolutely cuckoo bananas tonight. So this was super timely. Like I want that on a t-shirt. Like I'm cuckoo, cuckoo bananas. bananas. Or like I'm cuckoo bananas on my glass. Like she's like, I'm drinking water. I'm like, I'm not drinking water when I'm cuckoo bananas. <laughs> There will be other uh, drinks I'm partaking in when I'm cuckoo bananas, but I love it. So, so good. good. So good. So, so good. Okay. After hours, getting to after hours late, friend. Hell no. Let's go. So let's so do it. So many things. Ready to run? Yeah. So we got, I have some interesting ones this week. Let me get my okay. old Dixon Ticonderoga. Okay. Masking at drive-thrus. At like to pick up your McDonald's? Yeah. Like, are we masking at no. drive-thrus? No, no. I no. no. Okay. I like barely ever masked at drive-thrus to begin with. Well, you had a nice ventilation barrier. If on COVID Act Now, if you were lower medium, can you go to an indoor water park? Um, I think we've talked about indoor water parks before in terms of like humidity and like water is doesn't transmit and things like that. So, I mean, I wouldn't want to go to indoor water parks. I think they're gross. But, like, from a standpoint of getting COVID, I think you're probably okay. Okay, I'm going to segue that to indoor swim lessons for three-year-olds. Is this a hell no, let's go. Now, this, this person, I got a couple of caveats here. This person, this person dipped their toe in. They dipped the proverbial toe in. And then they had to take a Xanax because there were so many kids in the pool. Okay. So they're needing reassurance that this is a hell no, let's go. And then I also had hell no, let's go for indoor swim lessons when you have a high risk family member at home. So what say you, Dr. Baldwin? So for the three-year-old that parent is highly anxious, I still say let's go because kids need to learn to swim because they drown. Their risk of drowning is there and it is real. And so let's go. I think if you have a family member at home who's high risk, if you can possibly do swim lessons either in a private or semi-private setting or try to figure out a time when there's not 900 kids, um in the pool but still like go 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 your kids need to yeah. swim if you remember friends we didn't swim a lot and do swim lessons last year we lost a whole year of water awareness yeah. a whole year of that and if you have a high-risk individual i completely agree with nicole they still need swim lessons these mm -hmm. kids need swim lessons even with a million kids in there We've got to get these young kids swimming. Okay? Mm -hmm. And like in what, like 90 something percent of the country, like do it right freaking now. people. It is going to potentially spike back up. So let's take advantage while we can, please. Completely agree. And it's going to get agree. nicer in most parts of the country. You can do swim lessons outside, all of that, all of that. Please, please, please get your kids swim lessons. Yeah, agree four-year-old and a seven-week-old, week-old, to an indoor water park. Everyone's going to the indoor water parks. Max, Max's parents and mom got vaccinated when she was pregnant. 
but your seven-week-old has not had their pertussis vaccine, their Hib vaccine. Like, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm not, like, not from a COVID okay, standpoint. Wait, wait. Don't take your seven-week-old to a water park. I hear what you're saying. I would prefer to keep the seven-week-old at home. But is that seven-week-old going to get COVID? No. No, they're not going to get COVID. But they could get pertussis. Or they could get hip meningitis. RSV or, or meningitis. Yeah, like, no, no, no. Got it. Your in-laws are in town from Florida, and they are unvaccinated. What? I'm so surprised. Shocking, I know. Can they be around a two-year-old and a five-month-old? Do a rapid test, and then yes. Like, yeah, test the grandparents, and yeah. They got a test. An unvaccinated grandparent from Florida is not coming into my house until uh, they test. Yeah. Someone says if the question involves in-laws, the answer is always hell no. I do like that answer. <laughs> that's that's merch right there. Mm -hmm. If it involves in-laws, it's a hell no. Always. Indoor concert in Texas. Do you wear a mask or not? It's not exactly hell no. Let's go, but like max vax, max vax. But you're going to an indoor concert in in Fort Worth, Texas, inside. And I'm sure your point is, Dr. Baldwin, that if you are max fast and you are wearing a good mask, you're good. Go wherever yeah. you want. Yeah. You yeah. wherever you want, you wear a mask and you're max fast, go wherever you want, you are fine. Texas and Florida, I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, I know. It's, it's I am not thing. holding your leadership over you guys. Can I send my two and a half year old to gymnastics? Yeah, I think so. Am I back in Florida and Texas or am I here? It, okay, even if you are in Florida or Texas, numbers are freaking low right now. Like pretty much everywhere. True. So I think that like, again, we've got to live when we can live because the chances are in the fall and maybe sooner than that, it's, we're going to have to pull back potentially again. So no, I completely agree. But the problem is, is I got to pay my dues. I got to pay a hundred bucks a month or whatever it is between now and December to sign my kid up for this session. So part of it, I think this decision is financial because right. everything's freaking expensive right now. And I got to make those yeah. decisions wisely. And I'm making it for these big blocks of time in which I say, and I'm sure you would too, like, Great, sign them up for the box of time, but you gotta be ready to just let it go. Like if it mm -hmm. starts to get like to a position where you feel like your child's at risk, it's mm -hmm. not worth the 20 bucks a lesson to go. Like you gotta be, right. you gotta be comfortable to pull them back. And if you're not mm -hmm. gonna be able to be comfortable pulling it back and feel like that's a waste of financial investment, which it could be, then it's not your time right. quite yet. Well, and I, and I that's a big issue for us, at least in Johnson County. Like you have to sign them up for a long period of time and commit to that, commit to that financial investment. And I think that that's right. part of our, a part of the challenge. Right. Um, and someone made a comment, which I appreciate. And I want to, I want to address this is no gymnastics is indoors. And while I understand that most gymnastics facilities are incredibly large 
with very good ventilation, okay? Yes. So it's yes. not like you're, I'm not talking about doing gymnastics in your neighbor's basement with 15 kids. I'm talking about these thousands of square feet places with tons of ventilation. And yes, there might be a lot of kids, but they're spaced out. Like, again, you're talking to the mom of a former gymnast, so don't mess with my gymnastics. But anyways, um, I think it's that more space and more ventilation that you're going to get at school. Right, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You're farther apart than you are at school. And again, school is more essential than gymnastics in most people's minds. But, um, you know, I think that there's got to be some some perspective in a lot of this because we're getting to a point where we can't just say no to indoors, yes to outdoors, or no, you know, you've, it's like we've, there's a lot of risk that we have to think about of this, you know, like going to the Michael Buble concert, for example, in a very large concert hall that was not sold out was very different than potentially I'm going to the Elton John concert, um, which probably will be sold out indoors. So I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, it's just different. We need to circle back to the Michael Buble decision-making process. That was such a good concert. So don't give me shit about it because it was a really good concert and everybody that was there loved it. So, I, so don't be hating on, on the Buble. What about taking a two and a half year old to the movies? Somebody's asking. You know what I would do with the two and a half year old? I've been I've been to two movies during in the last probably six months. One of them was really crowded, and one of them like nobody was there. Yeah. So you got to be prepared for both events. If it's mm -hmm. crowded, have them wear a mask. They're fine. Mm -hmm. If mm -hmm. they're if it's not crowded, they don't need to wear a mask. I was in like a theater by myself. I was fine. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So and sit in the back. Sit in the back so that your germs get on everybody else, but their germs don't get on you because all their germs are going forward. <laughs> like, just bring a fan. Easter egg hunt outside. Let's go. Let's go. Do it. I do it. Do it. I want to be invited to the Easter egg hunt. I love Easter egg hunts, and I am good at Easter egg hunts. Okay. I am going to be 25 weeks pregnant in June. I am invited to an indoor 200 person wedding. Do I go? So 25 weeks pregnant, assuming that you're max vaxxed and boosted. I would say if numbers are the way they are today, I would put on a good mask and I would rock that. I completely agree. Put on an N95 and go for it. Your max fax put on an N95, go anywhere, anywhere you want. I'm wondering what ACOG is going to do. I'm wondering, as we're having this, like, just as we're thinking there, I'm wondering if ACOG is going to recommend a dose of vaccine, regardless of its number th two, number three, number four, whatever, yeah. like, when you're pregnant. It's such right. a high-risk condition. Right. Yeah. Because if I was 25 weeks pregnant, I would imagine that my OB has already either talked to me about getting a booster or a fourth dose because I'm immunosuppressed. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, and again, it, it, it flips the script if numbers are high and we're in a, in a oh, like if numbers are high, my answer is very different. Correct. No, we're, we're talking about March 23rd. We are talking about today and tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
but we're also not representing our employers nor people that work with us. We're not representing our families. We're not representing our neighbors. This is not medical advice. It's not not medical medical advice. advice. It's not medical advice. We forgot to put that at the top of the show. That's all right. Oh, I like this one too. Max Stack's parents, they're unmasking at the office, but have under fives at home. What's the question? Is that okay? Should they? Let's go. I mean, I guess it depends on what the office is. I think that's a let's go. They're probably fine not wearing a mask on March 23rd today in Johnson County. Correct. They're probably fine not wearing a mask and going home to their kids right now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. If it was January of 2022, then they should be wearing a mask. Correct. Yeah. Go home. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know that you've had this question from your from your uh, patients. My daycare just went masks optional, mm-hmm. and my four year old wears a mask, but they are the only one. Is that helping her? Should I continue to have her mask? What is the deal, Dr. Baldwin? I mean, the reality is it's probably not helping a ton how, you know, with the way that most four-year-olds wear masks. Um, maybe if you have a well-fitting KN95 for a little face, but that that's still not happening a ton. So I think that if if they're the only ones, it's probably giving them very little protection would be what I would say. I agree. And with the information that we know from our pediatrics data, at least half of her classmates have antibodies against COVID anyway. Right? Yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. So I think the I think what we will find over the course of time is that the benefit of the mask versus unmask is going to naturally drop because so many of the unmasked people have disease acquired or vaccinated acquired immunity, mm-hmm. which is going to make the mass a less relevant mitigation measure. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about a group of kids who went through Omicron, at least half of them have immunity, mm-hmm. at least for the next few months. And the mask is probably not helping that particular person that much. Right. We got to hurry it up because I got to tell us, I got to tell us. Okay. Okay. Okay, okay. Okay. I only have a couple more. Okay, here's just a good commentary question. Not really on this. My family is max vaxxed and we had COVID in January. Is a mask for us really necessary? That's me. No. No. Not right now. Not on March 23rd. And on March 23rd, no, not for your protection. I would say if you are feeling unwell, I would still wear a mask to protect others. But if you are feeling well, yeah, you don't need to. Max vaxxed plus had infection going to a family gathering that has people who are unvaccinated and have recently traveled. Now, the reason that they're doing this question is because they take care of a high risk relative. So they are max vaxxed. They're invited to an event with a family gathering that has unvaccinated people who have just traveled, but they care for a relative who is high risk. So there's like an intermediary there. Right, right. But what I would say is I think there's a way that you can do that safely if you really want to go to this event, right? So I think that, 
you can go to the event and you can wear a mask at the event. You can, or if you feel uncomfortable wearing a mask at the event, whatever, you can wear a mask when you go to care for that relative and you can test yourself three to five days or so after you were at that event, may hopefully before you even see that high-risk relative. But if not, wear a well-fitting mask when you go to see that relative. And, you know, I mean, again, because cases are low right now, I think that, you know, I, I think you're fine. No, I, I agree. And I think that we have to think about our other mitigation measures that we do have. Yeah, yeah. Um, one last one. Unmasked toddlers outside on a playground. Can they get close to the other children? Can they give them a hug? Can they give them a high five? Yes. Yes. Yes, they can. I mean, how are you going to keep a toddler from doing that? I mean, try to keep them from licking each other's toes. But otherwise, yes. Like, I, you, they're, they're toddlers. I say I yes. I agree. I agree. Okay. Okay. That's all I had. The only other, the only other thing that I had was, you know, Mass Off Live is an international sensation. Okay. Because it is an international sensation, I get like, uh, you know, the plastic buckets that the post office gives you when you like haven't collected your mail in a long time. And it's like this mm -hmm. big thing of mail. So I get probably three or four of those buckets every day, like fan mail, my checks from big pharma, my Your wine that people are giving wine. you. I mean, it's, it's excessive. And so it makes sense because of the volume of mail coming into my office that my invitation to the Mahomes wedding got, got lost. And so when I saw, you know, I saw Brittany starting to post like these things and their pictures from Hawaii. And I thought to myself, oh, clearly she'll check in because I'm not there. And I'm sure she will. But that happened. Have you like, have you dug through the mail like to make sure it did, it's not there? I mean, I, I mean, it's so, I mean, the mailman comes in with just so many buckets of just fan mail and pharma checks that I, I just like, I can't even get to the bottom of it all. And so I'm sure that it's in there. And I just want to let Brittany know that like, I'm, I'll send a gift. I mean, I know it'll be late, but I'll send a gift. And there was big to do about Tyreek today. I mean, we have a lot of chiefs action happening right now. And it's really consuming. Is that all? Are you done? I'm done. Okay. Can, can I talk about real life stuff now? That is real life stuff, Nicole. Yes, please talk about real life stuff. So my baby decided where she's going to go to college. There's been a hint the whole time. Tonight, I've been wearing the shirt. When did she know? Huh? When did she know? You guys have been all over the place. When did she know? So when or we went to... for a while? No, no, no. Because she wanted to go away far south. And I was like, girl, you are applying to schools in Ohio because I don't trust you. I didn't say those words to her. I was being the water. I was being calm water for my fish. Calm water, calm water. But I was steering my fish in the direction of the college that is within 
very close driving distance of my home. And so when we went down to LSU uh, a couple weeks ago and she didn't totally love the campus, she before had said, if I don't love LSU, then I'll just go, to, then I'm going to go to UC because like, she's always like, again, her brother went to UC. We love it. We're like, you know, she's been raised that way, whatever. And so then she was like, we're at a restaurant in Baton Rouge. And she was like, well, maybe Clemson's back on the list. And I'm like, what do you mean Clemson's back on the list? Like you said, UC. And so she was like waffling. And then the water was, I, was, there was waves in the water. And I was like, what are you talking about? Um, no, but ultimately she has chosen UC. We are very, very excited I'm because so my excited. baby will not be a plane flight away. She will be a short drive. And I am super excited with that. That's super so. great. Good for you, mama. I'm excited for Kendall. She'll do really well there and have the support she needs there. So I think it's a great choice. I love Very that. exciting. And awesome. yeah, and we had our birthday party, which is fun. I have no more children anymore. I only have adults, which is super weird. Super, super weird. Super weird. Super but it was good. Weird. So um, tell me about curling. How, how did curling so go? Briefly, so briefly, um, I know we're about to end here. Um, so we invested, so we had to go to Minneapolis for the volleyball tournament, which is a six-ish hour drive. And then a six six hour return drive, and so I got through all 323 pages of the curling strategy basic book, in which I regaled the entire car as we are traveling. So you can imagine that my teenage daughter really was wearing her earbuds primarily during the time. Lachlan was just looking out the window and drawing, and Kevin was listening to March Madness. So I'm sure. It was very well received with my family. Regardless, I did use some of the strategies last night and we, as a general frame of reference, get usually blitzed 10 to two, 10 to one during these events. And we lost, we lost eight to seven in the very last end. Like we almost won last night. I you were so close. We're so close. We, I completely say that it's from that book and understanding the strategy. We will go next Monday and we are gonna get it. Now the, 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 the custom after curling is that the loser has, or the winner has to buy the loser a round of drinks afterwards. That's like the custom. And so after yesterday, lock, or after our loss on Monday, it's like, Mom, do you just keep losing because you just want free drinks? <laughs> I love that boy. He's thinking. I was getting ready to say, who wants to win? Who wants keep losing? So we keep really wanting to give our beers away because it's because the club is really young and they don't have a liquor license yet, so it's BYOB. Uh, and so, okay. we, so every week we've brought this cooler full of Boulevard beer. And one of these days we're like, we're going to give our beers away. And like, we still haven't given those beers away. And that's, so that's the goal. By the end of the season, we are going to give those beer away, beers away. Friends. I think you need to bring the shopper hopper. No. And then you can give the shopper hopper. I think so. I think that'll be your winner. <laughs> It'll be your winner. And I then they'll say, why did we let these people win? Still and you'll say, 
So take it. You'd be giving it away. Take my shopper hopper from this summer. Yes. It's so good. It's so good. I know. I know. I know. Okay. Hey, another big thanks to Lena for showing up. I mean, was Thank she you amazing? so much. She was, so she was good. awesome. She was so the good. Fish, so good. The fish in the water. I mean, come on. So. Good. I mean, I mean it, that is. I wrote it down. It, it helped all awesome. of us. It went into yes. the notebook. Yes. And then I will see you in. Um, I will see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And hopefully by then we will have a national bid. Oh, I thought you were going to say, hopefully by then we'll have a vaccine for kids. And that too. A vaccine <laughs> for children. There's more information about the vaccine for children and a national bid. Yes. And that too. <laughs> okay. All right. Good Are we good? It yep. was so good to see you too. Yep. Love All right. We'll take, a couple weeks. take care, friends. We'll see you guys. Bye. Friends. Bye.